Everyone, welcome back to the Coach's Journey podcast. This is episode 11. It's Robbie here. And today I'm joined again by Katie Harvey. Um, now, some of you may remember Katie from episode one. Um, as a, uh, the, the numbers that I always like to give about her is she's got racked up over 14,000 hours of coaching. And she's got now more than or about 13 years of supporting other coaches um, as a supervisor, a mental coach and a coach. Um, and these are strange times. Um, it's the 30th of March today as I record this. And... Um, we are in the middle of the coronavirus outbreak. And so you know, when I heard a couple of weeks ago that Katie had been asked by a client or two and was therefore pulling together some of her thoughts on how to be a coach at a time like this, I knew I wanted to invite her on to the back onto the podcast. Um, and so that's what this episode is. It's Katie and I speaking um, for about an hour about that document, about what she's learned um, and thought about about her practice and her coaching and how that's changed, and the same from me. And we, between us, throw out some ideas, some advice, some suggestions on how to survive, and you know, and maybe even make the most of this strange period in the history of the world. Um, so we hit on a, a lot of things in this conversation. Um, in particular, Katie talks in a really interesting way about how. Perhaps more than ever before, perhaps the first time ever, um, coaches have a shared context with their clients and the implications of that. It's very rare that we are going through the same thing that our clients are going through uh, or as as similar as the current situation um, has. We talk quite a bit about how to manage the start of a com- coaching conversation, a session with our clients, um, you know, balancing the need to address what's going on in the world with the agenda of the clients, trying to bring enough of ourselves but not too much, and those kind of fine lines and balancing acts, um, which is one of the important moments, I think, for us as coaches just to think about. Um, some really practical stuff like how to deal with technological problems when coaching online um, for, for those of us or those of you that, that are doing that now newly. Um, and some implications for coaches as self-employed entrepreneurs. Um, in particular, some I, I share some stories about how I manage my money. And uh, Katie talks about the importance of questioning our assumptions around what this period of uncertainty could mean for our businesses. Um, there's a bunch of other things as well. And we finish with a conversation about the opportunity that the current situation presents for coaches individually and also for the industry as a whole. As Katie says, you know, the opportunity for coaching here is absolutely huge. And it's then up to each of and every one of us when we're well to take the opportunity to help our profession grow in whatever way lights your fire, each of our fires. Before we dive into the interview, I wanted to catch a couple of other things. One is that um, I've already thought about and put out some things which I think might be of support to people at times like this. They're all at robbieswalecoaching.com. Um, that includes, I've shared the first three chapters of one of the books that I'm working on at the moment. The book, uh, current title, The Power to Choose, is about thriving in complexity and uncertainty and how to be our most skillful, wise self throughout the challenges that life throws at us. And, and I suddenly thought, you know, the only reason that isn't out is because I haven't finished the rest of the book yet. Well, I can put these bits of it out because they're almost done. And just on the off chance, they might help any of you. Um, They are what I've learned that have helped me thrive through less uncertain times than this, but through the the things that life throws at us. And there's a whole bunch of ideas in there which might be useful to you or clients at times like this. 
Um, the second is I'm writing, of course, um, in my 12-minute writing practice. I write a 12-minute article every week, as I mentioned later on in the podcast. Um, those tend to be about what's happening in the world. So the latest three, as I as I speak now, have been about um, how to deal with times like this, um, both about how things get broken in dark times, but things get made, um, how, how it might be important to focus on stability and order right now, and the question... Um, which I mentioned again in the, also in the episode. What did you do during the coronavirus outbreak? Which is a powerful question that might be worth thinking about right now. And then the third part of the offer that I'm able to make to anyone, but these are all applicable to coaches too, because you are indeed people. Um, the third part is me and two trusted colleagues of mine have made some space in our calendar to offer coaching to people who are particularly affected um, by the current events in the world. So if that's you or someone you know, there's just an offer from uh, me and a couple of trusted friends, colleagues, um, to provide some coaches, coaching free of charge, free of strings. So I'll put links to all that in the show notes, or you can just hit robbieswalecoaching.com. Um, and the last thing to say before you dive in is... Uh, you may have already noticed that we that the Coach's Journey podcast, I'm going to play a little bit with how often it comes out. We'll see how that goes. But one of the things I've uh, just done this morning actually is set myself the target of finishing, finishing this draft of The Power to Choose. It's about time it was done. Uh, and I'm hoping this will be the final or last but one draft. And I'm going to do that in this month. And so that may mean we don't get any more uh, Coach's Journey podcasts for a few weeks um, because sometimes it's important to focus on the one most important thing that will make everything else um, easier and move forward and that might be me for now but you never know I might be back again in a couple of weeks um, too so uh, without further ado um, Katie and I are going to dive into what it means to coach during coronavirus and at the very least this is a snapshot of the two of us and our thinking on this particular day uh, in March 2020 I hope you take some things from it if you've got other ideas for things that might help other coaches um, in a time like this or any suggestions that we didn't cover, do comment or, or um, wherever you're wherever you're listening or watching this. Um, love to hear from you. All right, take care, and let's dive into episode eleven of the Coach's Journey podcast with returning guest Katie Harvey. Katie, welcome back to the Coach's Journey podcast. Thank you, Robbie. Uh, first guest and then first repeat guest. I'm <laughs> very honoured. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for people who are listening in, our idea for this episode is it'll be a slightly different one to the what has been the most common format um, in yeah. the podcast so far, which is, and, and it comes about because... Um, you were talking to me a couple of weeks ago about the fact that you'd found yourself being asked a lot by coaches. I think this is right. Correct me when I've, uh, if I'm wrong, um, about the current situation that we're in. And we should say we're recording it on the 30th of March. Yeah. Um, so right in the middle of, so we're about what we are in the UK. We're about 10 days into the kind of lockdown period, I think uh, around coronavirus. And yeah. you found that you were getting asked quite a bit um, by coaches about the situation really and and yeah. you know you do quite a bit of work with coaches uh, providing supervision and mentoring and those kind of things mm -hmm. and so you'd found yourself pulling together a few ideas of things to think about things to do yeah. in during these times for coaches and I thought that sounds interesting let's have a conversation about that because yeah. the coaches that you're speaking to won't be the only ones who are wondering right now what do I like what's different about this time and 
and it feels like a nice opportunity for us to just you know we'll see where we get to in this conversation but unpack those ideas that you'd had yeah. see how things have moved even since then um uh yeah and and see where we get to with that idea being you know i guess the question one of the questions that's present for me is what does it mean to be a coach in this current moment yeah. you know or, or, or and what does the moment mean for coaching and coaches um, absolutely and that's everything from practically what are people doing differently to what does coaching have to offer the world right now, I guess? And, and I think that you're, you know, the, I, I think you shared, you shared with me a draft, an earlier draft of the of the, the ideas you're pulling together. But, you know, what I like about that earlier draft is it's got both the really pragmatic and practical and the sense of, ah, oh, there is something about this that's pretty big. And yeah, what, absolutely. I what does that mean that. for us all? Yeah. And we should we also say, uh, I'm going to say it now anyway, you, you feel like you're probably just getting over having had coronavirus. That's, that's right, isn't it? Sounds so dramatic uh, when you say it. But um, yeah, I wrote, the, I wrote the draft and the document and had been working with people as it started to unfold and people started to say, oh, what does this mean for me? And put this together and then came down with what I, I'm fairly certain was the coronavirus. So I haven't had a test. But um, yeah, and today is my first day back coaching, uh, first day of having had a proper shower, forgive my appearance. And um, yeah, and, and feel hugely relieved to be um, on the mend. My husband's still a bit poorly, but he, he's a couple of days behind me, I think, and, and on the mend. Yeah. So um, yeah, it feels really good to be talking about it. But I do feel as though I've had kind of 10 days out of this strange new world that everyone finds myself in. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, I was thinking we might—I might call this episode "Coaching During Coronavirus," but it didn't quite. When we, when I first thought that, I didn't know that you would—you know—you're able to no. now literally talk about that, which is kind of. I think so. And we're able to smile about it a little bit because it sounds like you're on the mend and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that one of the reasons, you know, one of the reasons I was curious to speak to you about this, especially, and maybe that's where we'll just start, is because of the way your practice works you know, you get a fairly early, reasonably sized sample response. Yeah, I did. Uh, whereas, you know, I think that when the the measures were, you know, I operate with a smaller practice than you anyway. And it happened that because a project of mine kind of our contract came to an end, I was operating, I think I had seven, six or seven clients at the moment when the lockdown stuff went up in the UK, which is certainly when I felt it feel uh, feel different. But you had already, because you work with more people kind of felt and seen what the what the response would be so maybe that's a good place to start just what what have you noticed in your practice on a high level so far well i'd had i had had particularly busy and heavy weeks in the weeks running up to it because people were wanting to understand what it meant for them how they felt about it manage their anxiety i had business leaders wanting to think about what it, the impact would be on the business and on the people and needing space to think through strategy strategy and wanting to hear from me about what other companies were doing so unusually for me i felt a bit like a bee that was in fact that's what somebody described me as a bee that was taking pollen from flowers and dropping it around saying well this company's doing this and this company's doing this and it's quite nice the cross pollination but yeah i i was particularly busy i think 40 clients in one week I seem to remember and um and a lot the week before so yeah and I I was fascinated by and still I'm fascinated by the range in people's responses to the virus and 
and what was happening in the world as it built up such a different range in that um but then the commonality of the themes that were people feeling out of control and people feeling uncertain and, and absorbing that whether they were actually talking about that with regards to the virus or around something in their relationship or their career or their health or um but themes of uncertainty and lack of control kept popping up yeah and, and one of the things you wrote in the in, in the document and, and we'll put a link to the document in the in the show notes for people who are listening but um yeah is that suddenly people feel like i need to get a plan in place or i you know that is one of the things you said and and that yeah. that struck me quite a lot it you know there's something about how normally in our life a lot of the things that had been uh, were, were certain yeah uh, in any way or stable um ordered in any part of life suddenly were getting uncertain and uh, chaotic across our lives really and so yeah. that's right isn't it you know just a pattern of kind of i need to get some plans in place i need to know what i'm going to do i need to you know those yeah. kind of things that was often what when you asked that question as a coach on what would a useful outcome look like for you today what would be great to get to by the end of the session um clients were saying and that with various topics but they were saying i'd really love a plan of action or i'd really love some certainty around what i'm going to do next or i'd really like a strategy and i kept noticing that that's a common those are common outcomes of coaching sessions but this became the predominant outcome that people were wanting some sense of agency and something that they could get some control over it and, and even if they weren't realizing that they maybe needed that at the beginning of the session that's where they were getting to by the end and this, so this is a kind of strange question maybe how did you feel that that was serving people well i i do think that when i i've noticed not just in this period but over the time of coaching when people feel out of control they tend to feel better when they have a sense of what's within their control, what's outside of it, when they get understanding of that. And then when they, when the stuff that they can control, when they start to get to grips with, right, what do I want to do about it? It tends to make people feel better. So I felt during those weeks, particularly coaching at this time, felt like I was providing an enormous service, allowing the space and being with people as they got to that place of, yeah, this is what I'm going to do about, and as I say, it wasn't necessarily about anything to do with the coronavirus and the situation. It could have been something that was there anyway for them. But they, yeah, they felt even, it gave a sense of them feeling even more relieved at the end of a session or even more buoyant or something. Yeah. Because they got something, they, yeah. they got the handle on what they could hold, I guess. And it sounds like, but I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this. As a coach, I tell you what, let me let me say one one of the places that question came from. Um, there's a great book. Uh, I had it out a minute ago, actually. Yes, here it is. Um, called which I read last year. One of my favourite books is called Unlocking Leadership Mind Traps by oh. a woman called Jennifer Garvey Berger, and the subtitle is How to Thrive in Complexity. Mm-hmm. And one of the things she talks about in that book is, you know, our minds basically evolved for simpler times. And so the complexity of the modern world short circuits that quite a lot, or well, she uses the phrase, we get, we fall into these traps where our mind evolved for simpler times, doesn't quite react in the way that is best for us in complex times. Yeah. And one of the traps she talks about is a trap of, is the trap of control Mm. because we used to be able to control most of what 
was going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess if we were on the plains or in the jungle or whatever, you know, there was a sense of, of what we could get control of. And even probably to a hundred years ago, much more that was true. And, and it's just much harder in the modern world and much, much harder during a time like this when, yeah. you know, we're being told to stay inside, you know, we can't yeah. even control really where we are in the world. And, and one of the things that I remember most about reading that book, which is kind of why I had it out today, was, was when things are out of control, one of the things that seems to happen to us is we substitute things we can. So the thing we want to control is impossible to control because it's yeah. too complex. So we substitute in things we, simpler things that we can control. And sometimes that works well, and sometimes they don't help us with the thing that we want at all. Mm. Uh, and the kind of um, the bigger, let's try and do a complexity theory example, would be uh, waiting times in a in a health system. Like it sounds, if you want to improve um, health outcomes in a health system, you might think, ah, oh, what we want to do is we want to get people through the triage fast. So you put a waiting time on an A and E, um, and that sounds good. Except then everyone obsesses with controlling yeah. this sub substitute thing, which isn't actually what everyone wants to be better. Because everyone wants their health outcomes to be better, and we end up getting trapped controlling yeah. this this simple thing that we definitely can control, but it doesn't give us what we want. <laughs> the reason I think I'm saying that is it sounds like then for coaches, one of the important things is to make, is to help clients really identify the things they can control that matter to them. That matter. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To make sure that we're helping people, you know, both not get overwhelmed by the massive uncertainty and the sense of everything being out of control, but also make sure that they're contributing to whatever it is, you know, the truth, the listening for that truth of what, of what they're facing I guess yeah it's a good point Robbie that to, to to look at something yeah if you're going to build a plan and have a strategy make sure it is something that does matter to you and is going to make a difference yeah uh, well but also as I'm saying that I'm you know it's interesting isn't it because if the person just wants to feel better in the moment and feel like things are within their control if a client if that's the number one driver and thing that will make the most difference then and to some extent, it doesn't matter <laughs> what the plan is contributing to, I guess. Yeah, and that comes back to a sense of calm for me, that um, calming has been an enormous part of the work that I was doing before I was poorly. In those sessions, a real sense of whether it was through having a plan or a strategy or whether it was just through talking and offloading, or, but calm felt like a place that people really wanted to get to yeah. in their various ways, and a plan can be a way to calm yeah and and then you know that brings up a couple of things which i think are interesting for us to think about this time i don't know which which one's more interesting for you to go to first i think we might want to hit both one is there's something really interesting about what happens at the start of coaching sessions yeah so i I was very interested (laughs) in that um and the other is how we as coaches manage the fact that we are also full of uncertainty right now in in and especially because you know many coaches are fully or at least partially self-employed um it's perhaps extra uncertainty but you know we're all just facing this very strange time yeah what's more interesting to to start with do you think um the start of conversations well 
I think you have to start with the fact that this is the first time that we as coaches have had exactly the same scenario in some ways as, as every one of our clients is, uh, because that ties into then at the beginning of our sessions, I think. And, and I just, when that, so what happened was, as you said, Robbie, um, a lovely client of mine, a coach who's fantastic, she started her session a couple of weeks back by saying, Katie, I want you to download to me this coaching the time of corona and I want you to tell me everything you've noticed and I hadn't thought about it. I hadn't uh, amassed my thinking on it but it turned out I had stuff to to offer but the the thing that I said first that really blew her away because she hadn't quite kind of thought it properly was the fact that we as coaches tend to be working with our clients on a range of different topics with a range of different situations and sometimes there might be like when I was going through IVF for my children, um, someone might have been going through IVF at the same time. So occasionally there was one where you'd really be very mindful of oh, me and them going through a similar thing. But then you'd move on to your next client and it would be a different topic. And, and sometimes maybe you've got a niche, which is an area that you understand, but typically you're not really in that or in the challenges anymore, probably. Um, and so, yeah, this is the first time I think that coaches are working with the same stuff going out there in the field, as it's called, as we have going out there in the field for us. Um, I was thinking maybe there's an, an exception to that with an internal coach who's maybe company is struggling and making redundancies. And so maybe that is too. Um, but largely, yeah, this is really um, uncharted territory for us as coaches. And it plays out in huge ways, I think, with us working effectively and with really good presence with our clients we have to be so mindful and my the coach that I was speaking to just hadn't quite clocked it that a lot that was going on for her was that she hadn't quite realized I'm going through what they're going through with our different dynamics within that of course but yeah that's something that we have to be mindful of right from the beginning I think and what do you think are the um what do you think are the main implications of that for coaches I, so I think there's a few and I'm thinking which to speak to first because part of it is about I'll go to the beginning bit of the session if that's all right because it does set the tone and it's important so what I was noticing was normally as we know we start a session and if it's a regular client that we work with we might say hello how are you how's the week been we catch up there's there's what I think of as chat and I really like that chat and it's vital for for the relationship and and often does lead into the topic for the session not always sometimes just but 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 it's it's a human thing that needs to happen at the beginning of the session and then we typically will go into how would you like to use your space today that might run from the chat but might not well that was absolutely changing before my very eyes because people would say katie can you believe what's just happened in the last week and i know i can't believe what's happened since we last spoke this has happened and this has happened and 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 how are you and how's lee and how are your kids and and are your kids off school yet and are the schools closed what do you think do you think the schools could close what do you think about boris johnson what's he saying and and it would just go on and i would be thinking in my head as i was going along i need to stop talking now because I'm being drawn into talking about my feelings about what's happening and and my husband and children and then I'm asking about your husband and children and before I know it we're 15 minutes into the session and and we're talking even without an emotional element to it we're, we're talking about this and and it's going on and it, I realized I've really got to think through a strategy for myself really as to how I handle the fact that this could happen at the beginning of every single session and maybe that's absolutely okay I just need to think about how I handle that so that it's most useful for the client and make sure that 
I still remain in coaching presence because that for me is the key because by chatting about the virus, the situation, the children, the schools, the how am I going to homeschool, the, the, I'm being taken out of coaching presence and into a world that's very real and emotive for me at the moment. Yeah. and, and the, Have you noticed that, Robbie? Yeah. It's, you know, the first time I started realizing that it was a thing. So I, I have a practice really that I try and answer honestly from presence when people say, how are you? Including my clients, right? I try and model you know, that integrity and honesty value is really important to me. And I think is one of the things that, that you know, we can gift our clients, right? I'm, I'm trying to model, trying to create a relationship of deep honesty. Yeah. So if someone says, how are you? It then gets, you know, it's very tricky not to speak to the current situation in some way. Absolutely. You know, and, and if I'm, even if I'm just checking in, sometimes I try and answer from literally, what do I notice if I check in with my body and my thoughts in the moment? And even that, you know, particularly for me, the kind of biggest wobble I had was the 48 hours or so after the first time that the UK raised the kind of measures pre-lockdown, but the first time they started to, you know, really change, step change the way it was. And in that 48 hours, like if I checked in with myself, I was anxious and, mm. you know, edgy. Yeah. And that's then a very tricky decision to be made about what gets shared at that point and how and all those all those things and yeah. you know let alone what what you were speaking to which i think is is really true and i heard two things in there one is the sense of the just it just going on longer mm-hmm. and maybe that's because it needs to happen or not and the other is yeah you start accidentally getting into the headspace of of all that stuff which is a which if, when it gets personal as well mm. so when you're talking about you know, if I'm talking about the the particular relatives of mine who I am most worried about, because that's where you get to, then that knocks me out of presence particularly. Absolutely. So it is a really, it is a really interesting one. Just to, just to, a bit like you say, slow down and think, well, what, what is the right thing for me to do here? Me specifically as a coach with my specific clients and and my specific triggers to there's a good point you make there around because what I noticed was um everyone that I'm working with had particular triggers or anxieties or um worries about the situation and of course I'm no different and of course the coaches I'm with are no different I noticed the full range of those but it, it became so important to me to work out, okay, what are my particular ones? So that if the client touches those at the beginning through the chat or later through the session, that I'm not taken straight out of my presence. My particular one was diabetes because I'm diabetic. So in whenever the news would say, and for the high-risk people who have diabetes, every time I'd get a jolt. And so I had a client say to me, I mean, thank God I'm not in one of the high-risk groups. Like, I'm not old. I don't have diabetes. And, I, and they didn't know that that I do. And so I um, just had a jolt straight out of presence thinking, I've got diabetes. I don't know what this means for me. And and my husband's trigger has always been and was always about freedom. He It's his top value. He cannot bear to be kept in. And so uh, if he were a coach, he'd really be having to watch that, the trigger around people's clients saying, I mean, just we're going to be completely locked in for 12, 18 months. And uh, he would be knocked out of presence, I'm sure, if he were coaching around that. It just becomes really important as a coach to figure out what are my bruises, anxieties, 
real key triggers around this. Yeah, and it's almost, I mean, there's a few ways we might touch on this in different ways and, you know, in this conversation or at a time like this. But it's for me, it's almost like there's that uh, old Zen saying, which gets um, credited to the Dalai Lama a lot. I think it's just an old one, which is, you know, I meditate for an hour a day, except when I'm busy, then I meditate for two hours a day. And the whole, the situation for me seems to speak to that, like in all ways at all times. So it's like, as a coach, I think it's, always really important that we understand our own triggers it's why it's important that we have coaching for ourselves it's why it's important that we uh you know undertake supervision and all those kind of things so that we know in a moment as well as we can this is just like in psychotherapy so that you know in a moment is this me yeah right now or is it the client or is it something that's happening in this conversation and it's doubly important now because there are a load of new extra ones getting thrown out as in uncertainty like you know potentially in every conversation in different ways um, absolutely yeah and so where have you i mean i guess you're coming back out of this uh, you know time of of coaching less but where did you come to in the end with what's your intuition about how to hold that start of the conversation yeah good Good point. So this is where I came to for me personally, but I would just encourage and invite all coaches to think about what they think it means for them. But I, so I, first of all, realised that I must never do this thing that I did do embarrassingly more than once. But um, prior to the session, I, on one occasion, a client called five minutes late and I was ready, prepared. And in those five minutes, because my mind was whirring and it, it's busy, busy out there in the world, I picked up my phone and scrolled to the news and read something really horrible. And my heart rate was going. I was really anxious in the phone calls and I had to say, hello, James, how are you today? I'm not at all in coaching presence. So the first thing to say is part of my strategy is now to and it goes without saying it should have done, but it didn't for me. Definitely don't read any news prior to a coaching session. And um, and just make sure to, even more, as you say, the doubling up, but double up on working at your presence prior to picking up the phone or having that face-to-face session. So that was my number one obvious lesson to myself. It's so funny, that one, isn't it? I'm trying, the reason I'm laughing away to myself when you're saying that is because, you know, I have a load of rules about things like that. Now, I did. it wasn't a coronavirus-specific one. It wasn't even a coaching one. But last night at about 10 to 10, I just checked my email. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have a rule, like, to never check my, especially my work email, after, you know, within an hour and a half of going to bed, just because it's just not worth it. And no. I basically, I don't even know why I did it, really, but I just got an email which just completely knocked me off center. And, yeah. you know... It's just like, it, in a way, it doesn't matter how many times you tell yourself to do the sensible. It doesn't matter how many times I can speak for myself only. I tell myself to do these sensible habits, but, you know, it's... You've got to double up on it at this time. Yeah, I think so. And, and I think that it is worth, you know, it is worth everyone sitting down. Uh, coaches, especially, if you want to keep doing really good work at times like this and thinking, you know, it's what are your triggers... And also, what are the things, that, the bad habits that you really need 
to not let slip in at times like this. The, exactly that. The bad habits that you need to not let slip in and the good habits that you need to reinforce even more, maybe double up on. Maybe if you normally give yourself five minutes to present and centre before a session, maybe it's 10 minutes at the moment with all that's going on and with how busy our minds are. So for me, that that is an obvious one. But yeah, it was more than just that once that I did it. That was the most um, dramatic of them. But then after, after that, so of course... Um, people are going to say, how are you, and want to comment on the time. I, I think there's been a few that have not mentioned it, but there have been hardly any. And that, I believe, is their style as well, their coping style, to not even comment on the fact that this is going on. But the vast majority of people I'm working with have commented on it, have said, what a crazy time, strange time, whole new world, and then have talked about how it's impacting them and have wanted to ask me too. And I believe, like you, I... I have wonderful relationships with my clients. It would be very weird if I just didn't answer that and and talk to them a bit about how it is me. But I want I decided in my strategy that I want to talk about it um, neutrally, and and give some information, but neutral information. And then I discovered what was working really well for me was to to end that bit where I talk about me with something that I'm very grateful for around it now it could sound I'm aware very twee this and very reframey but um it was working as I say I just feel as I'm coming back to it but it was working really well so and it's true prior to to the last week when I was really poorly I just kept feeling exceptionally grateful to be locked down with my family that I feel that we get on very well I feel lucky to have this job that I can work virtually and and be of real service at the moment and and yes so there's things that I'm not so lucky for for example we don't have any outside space which with three boys is not easy to not have a garden but there's so many things that I do have that I'm lucky for like food in the fridge and stuff so that was real and I could and I'd say how we were feeling and how this was happening neutrally. I'd make sure I didn't talk too much emotive stuff about being anxious about uh, diabetes. No, I didn't go into any of that. But I did just say a few things neutrally and then come to a thing I'm grateful for. And then after that, I'd talk to them. And I noticed that by doing that, it it kind of would, it would invite the space for them to talk about them, but it would also get them into a kind of positive frame because people would then start talking about what they were feeling grateful for around it etc then after they'd kind of said how they were I was I have been pretty quickly coming to how would you like to use your space today so definitely not barging in with that after 30 seconds but um but remembering and really being strict with myself to come to that question again more so than I normally have to remind myself and it could be and I I'd certainly say it could be that they want to talk about the situation and, and to continue sharing how it's making them feel or the impact of it etc and it could be that there's something different that they want to use the session for so really remembering that question number one as I think of it what's the topic yeah and also uh, you know I don't know if you've been doing this but I've been occasionally naming it it's like oh we could you know it's very easy at a time like this to just spend yes. the whole conversation talking about what's going on. You, if you want to do that, that's perfect, but you might also want to move into something else. Therefore, question one, if you like, here's how do you want to use the time today? Um, yeah. And, and I think it's that, great you know, to name it. they're also just kind of good. These are all good practices anyway, aren't they? Like I think that that, um, I noticed that in my coaching occasionally anyway, it's like, oh, wait a sec, we're a little too far into this conversation without having 
while we're still in it, while we're kind of just ch chatting. And that's perfect because we're people and we know each other, but actually now's the time to, yeah. And then remind myself and often take a deep breath and ask a pointedly coaching question to move us yes, into it. Exactly, exactly. And again, as you say, it is just reminding ourselves to double up on a good coaching habit that we should already have, but because of this time, we could be knocked off. Be because there is, there is something about this as well, which I think you've talked to really nicely, which is that, especially for those, when we're working with someone who we've worked with for a long time, it, it would be strange to not mention it to not it bring would. that in at all, um, to not reference it, you know, and, yeah. and sometimes I don't think I've actually specifically done this. Not a time isn't coming to mind, but, um, you know, it's like off one of the things I try and say to clients regularly anyway, look, is even if we've got a plan for what we might be going to use a session for, there's always space to bring something else in it. That hasn't really come up for me, I don't think, in the last month or so, but it does feel important that that people know, even if you're working, I mean, because I don't I wouldn't work in this way. I know you don't mostly don't work in this way. Even I think for coaches who have a who have got a very yeah. clear six-step session plan with clients, mm. at times like this, giving some space to deviate from that feels important to me. If but you've but it's it's this place that we're talking about. It's a very fine line and probably an intuitive judgment in the conversation you don't want to definitely don't want to be guiding people to that because they may really want to not talk about coronavirus in the way that's right so again has to be their choice just as we'd always just as we'd always do i think the thing is is to make sure that it is a choice not just a falling into just yeah. to make sure that they remember as always this space is their choice yeah yeah and is there anything else about the kind of mechanics of the coaching conversations that you've noticed you've had to or chosen to shift? Let me just sit with that a minute, Ruby. I'm not sure it's to do with the mechanics. Well, I mean, actually, to do with the mechanics, uh, I've had to be a lot more flexible with timings with clients. That is quite mechanical. But yeah, people have been all over the place with cancelling here, cancelling there, rescheduling. And that's not just been me this last week, because I've had to cancel a lot. But that is prior to that as well. And um, I've had to, people have done it in different ways. Some people have done it quite um without any kind of notice or without any kind of sorry or without anything which is unusual uh, and other people with an awful lot of apology and very respectful but um it's been interesting just to note people's different behaviors around this um and and yeah uh, my timetable has been quite thrown up around and chucked around and everything but and I've had to really sometimes had to dig into some patience and compassion around that and remember that everyone is grappling with the same stuff again that I'm grappling with but people don't always think from other people's point of views about how that's going to land and they're in a world of fear or disruption or something. So yeah, that mechanically talking of that, that has been something that I've noticed. So I love you. I love the way you talk about yeah, lean into the compassion and that kind of thing. What decisions have you made practically about, uh, you know, cancellation charges, how you rearrange, have you given people extra leeway or has it been a case by case? You know, how have you felt about all that stuff? I've given people um, leeway. 
yeah it's the thing now I'm I'm a bit of a softie about that anyway but a softie with boundaries I would like to say uh but I have been absolutely giving leeway and I'm glad I was as well because then I've had to then ask for the leeway back by cancelling last week or rescheduling but yeah I I've given leeway absolutely everywhere the only the one thing I did notice was there was somebody who um just I'd rearranged everything with homeworking and my husband and all around, around making sure that I could coach this one session and uh they just pulled it at the last minute and I noticed that I sent what for me was a more passive aggressive message than I would normally would because I rarely do that but I did and um and I owned it afterwards I sent the message and then and, and really it was probably quite minimal but for me it wasn't coming from the place I'd like to and then I did send an apology afterwards and said look I just had been juggling stuff and but it's totally fine we're all up in this and and as I say then had my comeuppance and I was poorly next week I had to cancel uh but yeah I I have been I know it'll settle down and I, I have a practice where people are really respectful about 24 hour cancellation policies and people just rarely mess me around. So I know it will come back, but it was a crazy few weeks for that. And there's also, I want to pull it out because it's a really nice um, thing that you said there that you caught that message and we're like, ah, this is out of, yeah, this is out of my normal way of practicing this and probably comes from your own, you know, it's like the, the like you said before, being aware of our own triggers yeah. Um, and yeah, honoring that um, with someone that's a, that's again, that's powerful leading by example. Um, yeah. I think that, and then you, I guess, sorry, I asked a weird question about mechanics, didn't I? I guess you work on the, on the phone and so actually that's a really nice thing it's probably worth saying one of the things i've been thinking about quite a bit which i don't think i've ever written about or shared anywhere but i remember once saying to some coaches who are colleagues of mine at a company which does all work online and me just giving them some advice on how to deal with working with people online because they hadn't really done it before they worked for this company and i just think it's worth saying for people who are having to move online you know my main learning from the first few I don't know the first few months of when I first did that years ago was you know uh like give the technology you know one strike basically you know and then then kind of have a set of fallback options yeah so for me what that is is I'm often working on zoom like we're having this conversation now if that isn't working you know it's usually not my internet and actually it's worth saying for that people who are working from home for the first time uh, on zoom it's worth plugging into your router if you can it's worth um having headphones so that you're not echoing it's worth being next to the router if you can't but if zoom if the video still isn't working turn off the video yeah uh, and give clients who aren't used to this full permission to to break in you know if to, to say if it's getting distracting let me know don't suffer in silence basically you don't want to find out at the end of a coaching call that your internet has been cutting out the whole time that's right disrupting their thing and if if you know if it if it doesn't work switch off the video if it's still not working call people on the phone and have all that stuff ready to go basically just because um yeah the worst thing it would be to have the whole conversation disrupted by technological things you're so right and wise to pull that those mechanics of that out Robbie because I don't think people think that through to start with and they can spend weeks and months with 
frustrations and that's the problem is that it can be very frustrating the technology so you keep trying to get back into the zoom room or you keep trying and then sending another thing and then trying again and then and both people are apologizing or one's getting cross and and all of a sudden your coaching presence is absolutely being eroded and and you're not in the space that you want to be so you're right to contract with your client well around it so we try this if it doesn't work we take the visual off we go to audio on Zoom and if that doesn't work, then we go to WhatsApp or we go to FaceTime or we go to whatever it is, an audio line on the telephone. But to have contracted that in advance so that you go seamlessly, right, it's not working, audio. And that works really well for me too. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and look, I would say the other thing to say about tech problems is something I learned from my old coach, Rich. He, you know, he would always say, use that stuff. Whatever happens in the world during the session treat it as a sign from the universe so if if the technology has meant the conversation got massively disrupted for 10 minutes when you come back in don't don't try and go back to where you were before the 10 minute disruption yeah just come back to the moment see what that see what is happening now you know sometimes i even ask it it's like well if that was a sign from the universe what what was it a sign about or sometimes i just use it as an opportunity to recontract it's like okay, Uh, absolutely we've, we've had that we're here now now what exactly and that that's really really works well sometimes i'm really grateful for them for those wobbles on the internet or the or the the reception breaking up because i'm off on audio because we will have been into something the client will have been talking a lot maybe and then we have that break they have to recall back in and i can use that to say okay where are we now or all that piece of great work that you just did then where's that bringing you and yeah i'm sometimes really grateful sometimes it gives me a, a breather just to go okay sit with that and then to to remember, okay, this is where they wanted that to go as an outcome. How are we doing? I must question that. And yeah, so rather than getting het up by the technology or frustrated by it, which takes away our coaching presence, yeah, remember to use it. Well done, Rich. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I mean, you know, I guess there's two parts, things that we've mentioned that we haven't uh, come back to that I definitely want to tick off, you know, get to before we run out of time. Yeah, I think my intuition next is, and I'll tell you why that came into my mind just then um, in a sec, is is the uncertainty that coaches as self-employed people may be feeling right now and if, if there's anything there. And the reason that comes to mind is I've been thinking about Rich a lot in the last few weeks because I'm incredibly grateful that he told me a story about uh, how when his dad died, he wasn't able to create any, he basically just didn't create any new business for months. Um, and that was when he realized the importance of building financial stability because when our work depends so much on us, um, if we can't do it for whatever reason, I mean, this is an obvious thing to say, right? But sometimes we have to live it ourselves or have yeah. someone like Rich tell that story in such a affecting way. You have to build in some continuity for that. And so I've been thinking, I've been feeling very grateful because at some point in the month or two after that, I started rearranging my finances to have some money for in case disaster strikes. And I was imagining that it would be a health problem for me. It would be a health problem for my family, whatever that is. It turns out it has left me feeling, you know, much more secure in my work now than I would have been otherwise because two years after putting away what I put mine is, is I put 5% of all the money that comes in into a, a rainy day account, which for Game of Thrones fans is called Winter is Coming. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's good to give, that's another thing I learned from Rich, uh, good to give your bank accounts funny names. My tax account is called I Love Paying Tax as well. Um, but oh, um, 
that's 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 stolen straight from Litvin. But um, th- there's something about so I imagine lots of people in 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 this moment are worrying about their money. And in the UK, the government has made just made an amazingly generous offer to self-employed people. It, you know, it won't get the cash soon, but I was kind of blown away by that. Mm. What they're offering there, which hopefully will relieve the pressure on some people. But actually, the reason I wanted to say something about this now is I just think. You may think that now is not the time. Like this time will show you the f- show us the instability um, and in our society probably, but particularly in our lives. And actually, if what you're seeing right now, if what someone is seeing right now is, I can't believe I haven't done that work to get my finances in order. Like now's the time to actually do it. Yeah. And the same is probably true in other ways around this. Um, but I guess what is it, you know, what what is your reflections on for coaches who are facing that uncertainty around self-employedness, around our, our work and our business? Where where do we go in these moments? Well, one thing I think we don't do is make assumptions about it. So I'm hearing various different assumptions and some people will be saying, well, it's the end of coaching for a while, isn't it? Because, you know, businesses aren't going to be using coaches and people aren't going to have the money to pay for them. And then I have other coaches going, well, hey, we get to really be of service and I'm busier than I've ever been. Oh my goodness, this is such a good time for me. So not to make assumptions around it for the industry and for coaching, I think is really important. Yeah. And let me just catch, actually, I was on a call. I do work for a company called BetterUp and I was on a call with their CEO, a kind of all hands for coaches last week or the week mm. before. And I can't remember exactly what is public when, so I can't give too many of the details, but I can definitely say that he was, he said in the conversation, and they, ha- they have conversations with big companies about coaching offers. And they said they sell big contracts into famous companies like Mars and LinkedIn. And um, he was very positive. He, yeah. he felt like the overall signal he'd got, they a bit like you said at the start of, you know, you mentioned you'd had some, uh, or maybe in the document you mentioned you'd had some people stopping, some people starting, some people right. doing more coaching than they would have otherwise. That he, His um, response seemed to be, from what I'm hearing and feeling, um, it's a positive moment for them and yeah. their, amongst their customers and clients. So that's just to say that for people, because I think that is probably um, yeah, worth noting. I think it's worth noting because... I although there is a range of assumptions people are making I notice the most common assumption is a negative one so I like that you're putting in the the opposite to that and and as you say in the document that I wrote I and it's borne out to be true a couple of weeks later since writing actually is that some of my clients have had to pause or stop unfortunately because of their business being in the tourism industry or something but then I've had quite now even more uh, new clients come on board saying I've got this period at home uh it's a perfect time to think through what I want to do with my life with my career with my this with that. oh it's a perfect time to set up this on my business and I want some support so I've had a number of new clients and then had some as I said needing to double up as they think through leading their business particularly so I've also had that full range full mix and I know of some coaches that have been really really flooded with work during this time supporting people through the changes they go through so yeah don't make assumptions about it and and have a think about what where the opportunities to support people and businesses could be for you and yeah note 
note the assumptions that you might be making either way about it. Yeah, that's great. And it, it, it does lead into that kind of perhaps the last thing we might want to talk about, which is that question about the opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been, uh, you know, I have my 12 minute writing practice. And of course, so I write, for those who don't know, I write a weekly article in, in the 12 minutes with a timer and then share it. And the interesting thing about having that kind of practice is you end up writing about whatever's happening. So of course, the last yeah. three that I've written have been about this in different ways. And you know, there is some, there, there are kind of two thoughts that come to my mind. One is, you know, there will be at times like this, you know, just like in a recession economically, there will be for businesses, there will be some businesses that go under yeah. and there'll be some that emerge stronger. And I think one of the things for coaches to think about is, do you want to be one of the ones who emerge stronger? And if so, what does that mean? Yeah. And the other one, which is interesting, that came from a, another a coach that you and I both know, I'm sure a future future guest, Mike Toller, he, he brought to question, he was quickly to distance himself. It wasn't his question, it came from someone else. But uh, he, I, as far as I'm concerned, Mike told me a great question, which was something like, like, how do you want to remember this period? Yeah, nice. And I think it's for so many people, it's interesting, just like those prospective clients reaching out to people. It's like, I've suddenly got more freedom now. Yeah in how I use my day. Not everyone, of course, and, and you know, I don't want to lessen the impact that this will be having on many people who will be feeling very difficult times, like you mentioned. People you know, we know who work in tourism or an industry like that that's been massively affected. People whose families you know, or, or people they know very closely you know, may or may have already got, got very ill. But there is something, there is a sense of possibility and an opportunity yeah, in a time really like is. this as well. And and at the very least, it feels useful for us at the times we can do that to take ourselves to that place uh, of what is the opportunity here. Yeah, that that is at least, as you say, not to trivialise the difficulties that many people will be facing, but then, yes, to ask ourselves, well, what's the opportunity for me here? And for coaches to ask, what is the opportunity within this is it to learn to work virtually when maybe that had always seemed a bit scary is it to to be brave and offer out coaching to people um where you haven't you felt anxious about doing that before maybe but now you can see that it could really serve some people during this time is it to offer to work charitably and volunteer your time somewhere and see what that brings you know is it time to write a book or to create a program or there's so many potential opportunities that this time could give us as coaches I think yeah yeah I was just thinking um you know you say write a book I was just thinking like it's all the habits that people wish they had during other times you know it's like is there's a somehow for many people, not just coaches, that little bit more opportunity to be flexible about, okay, well, maybe I will. I was feeling very grateful this morning. I do a weekly gratitude, um, five things to be grateful for with, um, I can't remember if I said this on this podcast before, but I've always thought I should have a gratitude practice. And then I found out my wife had one kind of semi-secretly that she'd never told me. About. It just came up and then we just joined it. I can just join in. And then so her weekly gratitude thing reminds me to do mine. Anyway, one of the things I was very grateful for is that I've had a habit now for about a year and a half of just reading for 15 minutes when I have my morning coffee every nice. morning. And I've always felt, sometimes I feel guilty telling people about 
that habit because not everyone is in the luxurious position of having the freedom to create that 15 minutes. But actually now, I mean, let's make a conservative guess that 50% more people do have the flexibility to create a small habit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity. Like uh, there's a there's a website, I'll put a link to it, called I think it's AIM-U, um, who are currently providing free coaching and well-being services to NHS professionals. That's an opportunity to do something really wonderful. Um, yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, there's an opportunity. One of the things I like doing with the clients that I have who are coaches is helping them see the story that makes it, you know, a generous and honorable thing to do to reach out to people to invite them to do some coaching. And actually right now, anyone listening could sit down and think, well, look, what can I create in the next month? You know, and if it's five 90-minute spaces for 90-minute slots, then sit down and think of the five people you've ever worked with who are most likely to be affected by the uncertainty and the complexity and reach out to them and say, look, I don't I've just been thinking about you uh, or this weird guy on the podcast made the suggestion. I thought it was a great idea. You should do this. Um, and I thought of you and I just wanted to say, if you want, there's 90 minutes for you. Uh, and it's just a beautiful gift that you can give. It really is. And it, a lot of coaches that I supervise and mentor feel well, one, a big topic that they bring is that they hate sales. They hate the feeling of selling themselves and selling their services. And they don't want to feel like a used car salesman. And like you say, we work hard to get to a place of being of service and, and offering coaching, knowing that it will bring, bring brilliant things to people if they use it. And this has never been a better time to really get into that space of thinking, I can offer something here. I can really be of service for people to think through things, strategize, as we said, for people to even to just come to calm in all of this space and yeah there's there's never been a better example I think of how useful we can be in the world because it is the world not just our locality even in the world how useful we can be in it if there was ever a time to help us feel that what we're offering is not snake oil or it's not anything it's not a widget that we're trying to sell but it's something that's really really needed by humans right now um hopefully that can help coaches overcome any natural shyness or any anxieties or worries or insecurities and and get out there and support people in some way yeah and i'm gonna you know i think this is a really nice place to to start to bring the conversation to a close but i'm curious to, i'm going to share something and then i'm curious to hear your thoughts you know i completely agree it's, it's almost like or it feels even more so in this moment than it, i think i had thought about it earlier but you know, me and a couple of friends of mine, including Mike, who I mentioned before, uh, you know, have put out a little offer at the moment. We've made three spaces a week. And and when nice. writing the, the copy for that was the easiest thing I've ever done, uh, mm. probably for something like this, because it's just like, you know, people are losing their jobs. People are trapped in uncertainty. Uh, you know, people are working in professions which are under more pressure than ever. Um, and pe- some people are sitting thinking, what's the opportunity for me here? How can I be of service? How can I create something? And those are all, all four of those examples and more are perfect times for coaching. And there's a, there is a possibility that this, that, that one of the impacts of this period will be far more people will experiment with and then grow to understand what coaching is and when it's useful. And we don't know that yet. And, and we'll, you know, we'll see it in the future, but I do feel like coaching is a, 
is an industry born when it's done right you know is a practice born for helping people in uncertain and complex times and um you know there have never been there's certainly never been a global uncertain and complex time like this so uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens over the weeks and months ahead i don't know if yeah you've got any just that we talk about finding the opportunity and for me the opportunity for coaching as a profession here is absolutely huge and it's for every one of us coaches when we're feeling well um to to take that opportunity to help our profession grow in whatever way lights your fire individually but yeah the opportunity here for coaching as a profession in the world being of service and support is huge right now yeah and that's a great um that's a great way to think about it you know what lights your fire specifically yeah. Right now. We like, have to do that for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Katie, feels like a whistle stop uh, conversation. Is, is there anything We're else you so wanted to catch? Is there anything else you want to catch before we before Yes, we a million, but we don't have the time. I wanted to talk <laughs> about the change curve, the Kubler Ross change curve. And do think about that, coaches, if you like where people are on that change curve and where you are on it, because there's no doubt that people are in different places. But a million more things. I could talk for hours more about the fascinating time that we coaches are in. But no, everybody just keep uh, really well and and look for the opportunity here for yourself and coaching. Yeah. Brilliant. Katie, thanks so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much, Robbie, for providing the space for this. I think it's an important conversation. And yeah, I'll put out to you, Robbie, the a document. Um, and it will also have a link to that NHS volunteer work too, which is really important. Yeah. And as usual, for anyone listening, I'll put um, links to other things on the, at thecoachesjourney.com. And yeah, but Katie, thanks so much. And until the thir- your, until your third appearance on the podcast, whenever that will be. <laughs> thanks, thank you. <laughs> the Speak next global soon. pandemic. Speak yeah. soon, Robbie. Take care, everybody. Be well.